0: All right, welcome. So glad that you are here today. Especially if you're brand new, you're our special guest. Make yourself at home. I've mentioned before, I kind of like documentaries. I just do sue me. Uh, They're interesting to me. And I was watching a documentary recently about a psychiatrist, an author and speaker by the name of Phil Stutz. Now, Phil Stutz was a psychiatrist at Rikers Island Prison in New York, and then he moved from Rikers all the way to L.A. and opened up a private practice there. He's been practicing for now, I don't know, 30, 40 years. So he's seen it all, right? From prisoners to pretentious Hollywood types, right? Here's what he said. After all of the therapy he's conducted with all kinds of people, the down and out, the up and out, he's come to the conclusion that there are three certainties in life. Every human being, no matter who you are, no matter the family you're born into, no matter where you're from, it doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have, these three certainties he believes you have to deal with in life and it doesn't change for anyone. Here they are. The first certainty is pain. Pain is a certainty in this life. The second certainty, I like this one, is uncertainty. Uncertainty. As human beings or the human condition, as someone say, we're always faced with uncertainty. We simply many times do not know what's gonna happen tomorrow. And the third certainty according to this noted psychiatrist and author is constant work. Do you hear that? Pain, uncertainty, and constant work. But so many times in life, we think we can kind of bypass either the pain or bypass the uncertainty and definitely bypass the constant work. Maybe we can get to a point where we don't have to do that, especially in our relational world, and in, in our friendships, or if you're in a dating relationship, or marriage, or with kids, grandkids, whatever, you think, you know, maybe I've gotten to a point where I've kind of got it figured all out, and, and I don't really have to, to work anymore. I can just, you know, flip that button on and put it in cruise control, and see what happens. I don't think we have that luxury. I don't think that's actually possible if we wanna have relationships that are sound, that are healthy, and if we want to continue to have a relationship with God that honors Him. Now, fortunately for us, God has given us a lot of advice, a lot of words, a lot of truth, about how we're to live in our relational world, and how do we deal with these certainties of pain, uncertainty, and constant work? What does that look like? So if you have a Bible, open to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, if you don't have a Bible, the verses will be right behind me on that screen. Ephesians chapter four, verses 20 following. Paul is the guy who wrote this letter. Paul was the guy... A little bit of background about him. He was at one time a skeptic when it came to Christianity. He was a skeptic when it concerned who Christ was and what he did. And then he had a radical conversion experience. And he went on to write a lot of letters that ended up in the Bible. And here's one of them. It's called Ephesians. And in this passage, he's talking about how do we start living this new way of life? Let's say you had an old life, you had an old past, and you're and you're trying this new way of life, what does that look like? And then we're gonna apply this teaching today specifically to our relational world. That's where we're headed. Ephesians 4:20. He says, That, however, is not the way of life you learned. Learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught, taught in him, in accordance with the truth that is in Christ. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be, where are we? And to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I emphasize the word taught because he does. Taught, you learned. Taught, you learned. So if you're here and you've signed up to be on God's team, you're saying, yeah, I I need God in my life. I want to follow God. I want to be on his team. Then the word the Bible uses to describe you and describe me as a team member is disciple, disciple. And the word disciple means learner, learner. So it's very important that if you are a disciple, if you are a learner, then you find yourself surrounded by teachers, teachers who can teach you how to take God's truth and apply it to your life. Because we know when we take God's truth and God's word and apply it to our life, when we know the truth and the truth will set us the truth will set us free. It will set us free. So that's why in, in our church, we put a massive, uh, massive emphasis on studying and trying to understand and apply the Bible. That's what I do on Sunday morning. That's what we do in our Bible study classes that meet uh, before this service. And that's what we're all about. It's critical that we understand what God's word is saying to us. And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, hey, listen, you've been taught to live a certain way. You've been taught this new way of life and you need to have this new mindset. You need to be renewed. You need to be transformed as he said in Romans 12, 1 and 2 by the renewing of your mind. You've got a new life. You've got a fresh start. You have a new community, new teammates, the church, And now you've got to have this new mindset and you need to apply it, okay? So what does that look like? Let's talk about applying this new mind to the dating world. So some of you are dating right now. You're in a dating relationship. Others of you are not. And you can look at that positively or negatively. You can say, I'm single and don't have anybody. Or you can say, I'm an unrestricted unrestricted free agent. (laughs) If you're in college, you're in the portal, okay? So, and others of you just got out of a relationship or maybe it was last month, last year, and you're on the IR, the injured reserves. (laughs) You need to heal up, trust me, okay? And all of us here are coaches. Whether you're married, single, in between, we're all coaches because people are always talking about their dating life. They need advice, they need counsel, so we've got to give sound words, right? We drop truth bombs on people. So here's one: when it comes to your mindset, he says we need a new mind, a new way of life. One of the things we have to do is we have to learn how to use our brain. Use our brain especially in the dating world, because when you start dating someone, sometimes you kind of lose your mind. You lose your ability to reason and, and lose and, and, and have logic, right? So the first B in this acrostic, yes, we're doing an acrostic today, is to balance the head and the heart. You know, all of us have been taught and trained really well by Disney to follow your heart, heart, heart. Follow your dreams, dreams, dreams. If you follow your heart all the time, you're probably going to get messed up. It doesn't work that way because your heart and your emotions sometimes can lie to you or you can get way ahead of the game. I remember years ago, there was a guy, we'll call him Keith, that was not his name, not his name, and uh, he met someone at our church, and Keith was so in love, and head over heels in love, and me and this other guy were talking to him, he goes, yeah, he goes, you're not going to believe this, but uh, I'm engaged, and we go, something kind of goes, Keith, how long have you been dating this girl? He goes, a month? A month. Wow, a month. Okay. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? He goes, no, go ahead. I go, well, do you know her parents' names? No. Do you know her middle name? No. And we're like, hey, don't you think you may want to slow down and know these basic facts, but you know, not to be judgmental Keith, but we all know that when, when you're in love and stuff, you, you got you to balance the head and the heart and the mind. That's, that's the B. The R is refrain from physical intimacy until marriage. Now, that used to be a given in our culture. It's not a given anymore. But God has put those boundaries on physical intimacy within marriage for a reason. It's like a fireplace, right? Fireplace is great. I can't wait till the weather cools down. When it got to about 72, I thought about starting a fire last week. But <laughs> fireplace is important, but context is king because whenever you get the fire out of the context of the fireplace, it can burn down the house. The same thing with intimacy, physical intimacy outside of marriage, it can burn down the house. So R is refrain until you're married. A is analyze your past relationships, okay? Analyze. (laughs) Okay, ladies, I want to talk to you for a second. I I want to tell you what's going on right now in, in rooms across America. Grown men and some young men are in rooms across America watching film. It's not what you think. They're watching football. They're coaches. They're watching high school football, college football, and they're analyzing with great passion and detail every single play, every single penalty that took place on Friday night or Saturday night. That's what they're doing. And then they're gonna go back and they're gonna gather their team and they'll go through the game films again, and again, and again, and again. Now, guys, coaches that are here, I'm not against that. That is a good thing. I like football, okay? I live in Texas, it's great, it's fun, I get it. But why not, if we spend that much time hours and hours and hours and hours and hours going over game film. Why can't we in a relationship, or maybe you're not, you're on the IR or you're an unrestricted free agent, just kind of take some time out and say, I need to analyze my past relationships. I need to watch some game film here. I need to start doing some things differently, saying some things differently, not saying some things. So if you have this new mindset, if you're using your brain, then you need to definitely analyze past relationships and try to figure out how you can get better. I is include others in the process. It's so critical that you have people who have known you for a long time and to let them speak truth to you when you're in the throes of a dating relationship. And then the end and the brain, it's never compromise your standards. But you don't even understand, I'm going to change him. No, you're not you don't understand she got that they're gonna no 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 they're, they're not you're not gonna change them you know if you're dating someone and they don't meet your standards chances are they're gonna pull you down to their level rather than you pull them up to yours most of the time so don't compromise your your standards right if the Bible says do not be unequally yoked I think it's second Corinthians chapter six find someone who's running with God as you're running with God and then hey start running together, so don't compromise. So that's how a little bit of the new mindset, when you start applying it to your dating relationships. Now, here's what's interesting. All those things in the brain acrostic as it applies to dating doesn't apply to marriage at all. It's the opposite in marriage. Never compromise, you better compromise in your marriage. Meet them halfway. Include others in the process, no, do not. Do not go to some friend at work who doesn't know God from Godzilla and allow them to speak, no. A, analyze past relationships, are you kidding me? Let the past bury the past. Refrain from physical intimacy, we don't need to go there. B, balance the head and the heart, no. You're all in, head, heart, mind, body, soul, commitment. So you do the opposite in marriage with this new mindset. Anyway, thought that was kind of interesting, isn't it? So, go back. I don't know if it deserves that, but I'll take it. It's been a long weekend. I'm desperate. Okay. So here's the deal. How can we then improve? How can we then get better? Not just in the dating world, not just in the marriage world, but in the friendship world, in relationships, if you would, in general. How can we move forward? How can we deal with those three realities, three certainties, according to the psychiatrist, which I think is pretty sound, the pain, uncertainty, and constant work? How do, we, how do we do that? What does that look like? Well, the great thing about Ephesians 4 is if you scroll down, you bump into Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, which are just absolute Solid gold, gold, gold. Check it out. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 will tell us how. Okay. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Get rid of it. Bitterness, anger, rage will eat your lunch. Don't invite them, don't let them rent space in your brain, and your mind, because they're gonna trash things up, leave and leave the door unlocked wide open. Get rid of bitterness, rage and anger. We'll come back to that in a little bit. And I like these next few, this next word, brawling. What was going on in Ephesus? Bur- Get rid of brawling. We got a bunch of brawlers here. No more, no more brawling. I just think it's an interesting word. And slander, slander is telling the truth about someone in order to hurt them. Slander is is, is wicked. And also every form of malice. So that's the the defense, if you would. So most of the instruction we receive in Scripture is defense and offense. It's negative and positive. So that's the, the defense, the things we need to, Stop, the things we need to prevent. Now the offense. Here it is, Ephesians 4, 32. Underline it, highlight it, live by it, pray it into your body, mind, soul, and spirit. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. This is the new mindset This is the new attitude. This is the new way of relating to one another that God's laying out for us. Anger, bitterness, rage, you gotta get rid of it. As someone said, bitterness and resentment is kind of like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die you're poisoning yourself you're you're poisoning your body you're poisoning all your other relationships the longer you hang on to bitterness and rage and anger so you have to let it go it doesn't mean that all of anger is bad. We, we need to be angered about some things. We need to be enraged about some things in our life. But we can't allow that to grow inside of us. It's poison. To use the word that our, all of our kids use now, it's toxic. It's toxic, okay? But it really actually is toxic. He says, get rid of it. Let go of it. It's not gonna move you forward with God. It's not gonna move you forward in dating or marriage or any relationship, your friendships, if you're holding on to bitterness, anger, rage. Then he says what? You need to put on or practice kindness, compassion, and forgiveness kindness compassion to feel with to try to understand and forgiveness that's not easy to do as we're walking through and trying to navigate the the pain and the uncertainty and the constant work of life and relationships to, you know, just to say bye-bye and release, you know, all the anger, bitterness, and then to walk in compassion, to walk in kindness, to walk in forgiveness. How do we do that? Well, we've got to look at the gospel, right? The gospel is good news. The gospel is good news about what God has done for us in Christ. So we know that in Christ, and if we come before God and we say, God, I need to be forgiven. I have messed things up. I've made a mess of my life. I'm I'm a rebel without a cause. And God, I need you in my life. And God, I, I have sinned. I've broken your ways and I need to be forgiven. Oh God, please forgive me. Have mercy upon me. God says, you are forgiven. You are cleansed. I'm gonna take your sin and I'm gonna gonna separate as far as the east is from the west. I'm gonna throw it in some massive ocean that no one could ever find. Your sin is forgiven. You are clean. Welcome into my family. So it's out of that forgiveness, God's mercy and grace to us that we're then able to forgive and extend grace to others. Now, forgiveness doesn't mean you become a continual, um, you know, welcome mat or doormat where someone's stomping and abusing. No, that's not what it means. Forgiveness means to release someone of a debt you perceive they owe you and turn them over to God. God wants you and wants me to be free. We looked at that last week, right? About believing lies and getting hooked on lies and God's truth sets us free. God wants us to take his truth about relationships, about bitterness, about anger, and start living in a certain way because why? God wants us to be free. He wants us to be free. It's like parenting. You know, when my kids were little, I would say, do this. they go, why? i go, because I said so. They got a little older, do this. You need to do this. Why? Because I said so. But when they got older, high school, college, etc., I can't use the because I said so line, though I'm, sure I might do at times but you got to change what do you say to your kids as they're maturing getting older how do you how do you frame things you say this you say here's what I say i know you may not see it this way right now i know you may not feel this right now but listen i am your father and i have your best interest in mind The reason I'm giving you this directive, the reason I'm giving you this guidance, the reason I'm giving you maybe this harsh lesson is because I have your best interest in mind. And so when we hear God speak to us through his word, when we hear God telling us that we've got to let go of that bitterness and anger, that we've got to practice forgiveness, that we've got to be kind God is saying, listen, I know that's tough. I know that's difficult, but he's saying to us, listen, I am your heavenly father and I have your best interest in mind. And as we're trying to live through the pain and the uncertainty and the constant work of life and relationships, God gives us guidance. He not only gives us guidance, but He gives us grace and truth. And then He gives us the power of His Spirit to live inside of us, to enable us, to enable us to live this life, this new life, and to have this new mindset because He really wants us to be free. Free. So, let's do that. Starting today, let's do that this week. Let, let's, let's do that and ask God's help as we seek to apply His Word right where we live.